Welcome to the Sports Project with Breck Snyder and uh, Peter Meech. Goddamn, Breck, you coming in hot? Yeah, I'm feeling sassy. Yeah, just like yelling and and oh, stuff. Sorry. Well, I mean, you know, like Breck said, welcome to the Sports Project. We are going to take a trip across the pond to a beautiful place called England, and we're going to talk about some mates down there, and we're going to talk about some football. <laughs> are you excited, Breck? been a while since we talked about football it's it's been an interesting match day seven to say the least we had some crackers of goals going on we're going to talk one in particular out in chelsea and we're going to talk about liverpool versus chelsea breck i think you watched this game right i did what were your impressions so so i caught the second half right Mm mm-hmm um, oh, just excuse Breck. His phone's just going off over here. Oh, guess who it is? Okay, who cares? <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. It's, who it, shall not be named? It's Nick. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back on track, Breck. Let's talk about Liverpool versus Chelsea. So, again, I caught the second half of this, and Chelsea's up 1-0 at half. Mm-hmm. And Liverpool had a lot of opportunities to... You know, either tie it up or even take the lead because they had that many opportunities and they they couldn't capitalize. And there for a while, Liverpool just seemed very, uh, I don't know, really worried, man. Like, like that they weren't going to win. So you know, and pressure was mounting. Well, rewind though. In the Carabao Cup, they lost to Chelsea. You know, three days prior. The benefit of the doubt for that is, is they really didn't play like all the starters. So it was more so of like a throw. It was, but still, they did play. But yeah, it's it's a club mindset. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So Chelsea, this was kind of an interesting match because you had two teams that are coming into form. You know, we all know that Liverpool is killing it, but we also see that Chelsea is changing things up and they're starting to find out their identity. Um, They have a bunch of players that weren't playing last year, and then even the ones that are playing, you can tell there's a new coach, new mindset, and Chelsea is starting to come into form and they're starting to find their identity. Liverpool already knew their identity. Most of these players and coaches are the same from last year. So what made this match very interesting was just the how well balanced this was. You know, the the first half was definitely was definitely Chelsea's, right? Mm-hmm. Second half was Liverpool, but even so, it was very well balanced. Liverpool hit that counterattack very well. Chelsea did a great job defending, and then even so, the other way around, Chelsea did a great job at hitting the attack and we already know that Van Dyke and Gomez has been pretty solid throughout this year, right? So for me, for me, I think this was an interesting match, number one, because we had some incredible drama at the end. But it was definitely both teams had their fair amount of chances. And you easily, even though we ended up at a stalemate at 1-1, you easily could make the case that, hey, if Chelsea would have just put one away, one other one away, out of all the chances they had, or hey, Liverpool could easily win this one if they just would have put one away here or there. Well, and the announcers said it during the match that you know this uh, this ended up being a tie. Feels like a loss for Chelsea because they mm-hmm. they commanded for for most of the game, right? Yeah. Um, Liverpool obviously had their chances as well, but Chelsea still felt very confident that they had this game and. 
you know, it didn't happen until what the 89th minute yeah. that Daniel Sturridge just has one hell a of a goal, freaking cracker of a goal. I don't know what that means. Yeah, that means it was a rifle into the top right corner. That's what that means. Okay, right? I'm not I'm not European, so I don't know, man. Like, but it none nonetheless. Like, I was literally watching this live and trying to have like breakfast mm-hmm. with my family and shit, and I'm watching it and just stand up and scream. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> I was actually I was pretty worried for Liverpool on this one because I thought that maybe they're going to do some little foreshadowing into the future of. Their next match, which is going to be an incredible match between the two top two teams in City versus Liverpool. So Man City versus Liverpool. Um, but they they definitely, I think you're kind of right. You know, like I think this felt more of a loss for Chelsea and this felt more of a win for Liverpool. You could desperately see, you know, in Klopp's face, Klopp is the manager for Liverpool. And even in some of the players' faces, uh the pressure mounting of actually losing this game, right? And then you can just see the defeat of Chelsea once Sturridge just had probably what's going to be the goal of the year this year um, or is on track to be the goal of the year this year. But the one thing that I do want to talk about that there's two things I really want to bring up. I want to bring up Mo Salah, and then I also want to pick bring up um, Klopp's decision in midfield. So... The first few games or first couple games to start the season, Keita was starting and he was, in my opinion, I thought he was brilliant. I think he did a great job of really dictating the pace of Liverpool and how quick they pushed. Um, There were moments where he would bring up the ball on the defending end and just out of nowhere... Mo Salah has the ball or Mane has the ball up. So he did a great, he had re, he has really great vision for what these two attacking uh, forwards like to do within, even Firmino, Mo Salah, and um, uh, Mane. So he does a really good job of getting all three of those involved and really pushing the pace. Now, Henderson is an incredible player. He started all, all of last year and he was even the captain. So... I understand that, you know, for Klopp, it's like I need to get him in here. But in the reality, I think I think Liverpool would have won this game if Keita actually started the entire game. And my my opinion is, as much as I love Henderson, I think I just don't see I don't see his role within the team. And and I know he's like a fan favorite and everything like that. But I just think this, I think Keita, this young talent, is just so much better. And he can dictate so much more within the back and how how aggressively Liverpool is and how they can just literally just dominate you on the counter. I mean, you saw spurts of it, too, like when he came in, how quickly they moved and how quickly they were able to push the ball up. So I guess a question, though, I think we've talked about this before. You know, you talk about Henderson and Keita. Um, and you think that you know the rules should be switched, and maybe Henderson mm-hmm. doesn't have a spot on the team anymore. You know why? And this is just for me because again, I'm I'm not sure when I watch these things, still learning the game of soccer or football. Um, you know, when you have a player like uh, Mohamed Salah, and he's getting pulled during the game, I, for me that that doesn't make a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, like we talked about earlier, Shakiri had come in for him. He ended up missing a wide-open goal to actually tie the game beforehand. Um, why aren't you, if you are Klopp, why aren't you leaving a player like him in there, you know, even if you were the best player on mm-hmm. the team last year, why is he not leaving him in there? Is it a, is it a trust thing? Is it, hey, I got to switch this up? I think... I think within that, so there's two things I want to touch on. I actually agree with Klopp for pulling Salah. So he pulled him on the ni- the 63rd minute, I believe, and Shakiri came in for him. Now, do I think Shakiri had a great game and the manager is applauded for that? No, I don't think Shakiri had a, all that great of a game. He actually missed a golden opportunity to put him up 2-1. Um, but I think right now, Mo Salah is not on top form. He's not playing the same football that he was playing uh, last year. He is missing a lot of shots that he's normally uh, executing on. He is making some bad passes. He's making some bad reads in the midfield and even up top when it comes to the countering, the counter, the Liverpool's counterattack. And so I actually a, applaud a manager like Klopp saying like, hey, you know, you're still our guy. You're still our dude. Um it's more so of a thing where it's like, hey, if you're not performing, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're LeBron James or I don't care how many goals you scored last year. I'm going to do what's best for the team to win. And I think that's the mentality of Liverpool. And I think that's why everyone, like we talked about it in a past episode, how yeah. everyone rallies behind Klopp, right? Mm-hmm. Like how he's so enthusiastic and so happy for these players and just the amount of passion that he has. And I think that rubs off on the players. And I think that's why the players have so much respect for him. And at the same time, people have so much respect for him because he's not afraid to do things like pull your best player in the 63rd minute because he isn't performing and he isn't playing that well. Now, he did say something post-game that I found interesting where he admitted that he Mosala is not on top form right now and he has no doubt that he's going to get there. And so for me, I'm, I, I have all faith in Klopp. He took this team that was in the middle to now a legitimate contender. And even last year, too, there were so close to winning the Champions League. You know, they were in 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 the top four within um, within the EPL, the English Premier League, but they were just one game away from winning the Champions League, which was kind of a dumber downer. But we can kind of, we don't have to like really touch on that. But the second thing that, the one thing that I do disagree about Klopp is his decision to uh, switch Henderson for Keita. You know, Keita started off the season on fire. He played a handful of games. He was starting and playing 90 minutes plus of every single game. And then first round of Champions League, he puts in Henderson. And for me, I don't understand that move because I think it just kind of messes up the chemistry that you're starting to develop um, as a team. You know, now you can make the case that Henderson and Keita are very similar but for me, it's just Keita does so much more for these three attacking players. And that is what that's the bread and butter of Liverpool is these three attacking players. And I've thought about it for quite a bit. And I, I don't I'm not I don't really understand what his reasoning is for it, because I do feel like it is messing up that chemistry that these players are trying to develop as a unit. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Like you brought this up to me in a past episode, and I I guess I never paid attention to, I guess the drama that's there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so this is actually something I'm going to watch a little bit more. I'm mm-hmm. pulling up some uh, information on it now, but it, this is something that I definitely want to touch on in the future. So I think it's important that we keep following this. Um, again, Liverpool is one of the best teams um, in EPL, and they're you know they had one hell of a first game in Champions League. Champions League is coming PSG. back up. Yep. So let's let's make sure that we follow this and see how we keep this story going. Yeah. So. Um, you got to, something else? Yeah, too. So keep in mind that this this will kind of show you guys or show you guys or girls. I'm sure we have maybe one female listener that's not my mom. Or my mom. Um, or your mom. My well, mom. Your, your wife listens. My so mom got, doesn't fucking listen to this. Well, we got a few people. <laughs> um, but keep in mind that Liverpool is on this hot streak right now. They have yet to lose a game. Um, outside of losing to Chelsea a few days ago. Uh, but within the EPL, they have yet to lose a game, and yet their best player has not been on top form. And if anything, he's been lackluster and subpar to what his standards should be, mm-hmm. especially to what last year. So as soon as he can figure out this little slump that he's in, Liverpool's going to be pretty scary. Um, and and not. <laughs> Not saying that they're not scary right now because they are pretty damn scary right now. So it's going to be interesting to see um, the progression that Liverpool has. And also it's just going to be interesting to see the progression that Chelsea has. And this is kind of like a nice transition to talk about Chelsea as well. Um, What were your thoughts on Chelsea, dude? I mean, so, so far this season, Chelsea is a team that's typically on. You can count on watching them a little bit later in the mornings. Yep. Um, they just are a little bit easier. They're a bigger market. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Chelsea um, had a few struggles early on in the season and started, like you said earlier, they're starting to find their way and they're playing really well right now. So it's exciting to watch them. Um, you know, they had opportunities to pull away from Liverpool. Victor Moses had a shot in the box that was really mm-hmm. close. Um, it was a David Luiz played really good uh, defense in the goal with uh, Kepa. So, you know, as a team, I just think they're functioning all around very mm-hmm. well. Uh, and, like, the, to not kid anyone, I mean, they're third in the table and they're two points behind Liverpool. And they have a two-game lead on Tottenham for that third spot. So I think Chelsea's right exactly where they want to be. You know, they're they're learning a lot right now, especially a game like Liverpool. They have some things that they need to work on. Um, and you know, one one topic that we wanted to bring up on this was uh, the Hazard and Kovacic playing together. Um, you talked about it earlier in, in one of the previous episodes, Kovacic coming over from, um, was it Barcelona? Real no, Madrid. Real Madrid, Real Madrid, yeah. Um, Kovacic is Croatian, just for those who don't know. Represent. Represent. But, you know, they actually had a very huge role in this game, so I, I think it would be interesting to hear your take on that. Yeah, so we mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but what's really impressive with Chelsea, they're kind of like... They're kind of like the sleeper team, right? Everyone's really talking about Liverpool, Man City, and even everyone's looking forward to Liverpool playing Man City next week or this coming up week. And a lot of people are just for and, and under the radar, just sub, you know, underneath everyone's attention, 
Here comes Chelsea, and Chelsea is yet to lose a game as well. They have five wins and two draws in the EPL, right? So for me, if you think about it, Chelsea is kind of like the team that um, right now they're figuring things out. <clears throat> uh, the manager is figuring out which which formula is going to work best for them. You know, which attacker should he go with? Should he go with Kovacic? Should he go with someone else? Should he do this? Should he do that? So for me, it's really impressive that Chelsea has five wins and two draws when they have a new system, a new manager, and a bunch of new players, and he's still trying to plug and play to see what's going to work and what's going to uh, what's going to end up with the best results for Chelsea. But the one thing that I love and I knew that as soon as I found out that Kovacic was going to Chelsea, um, I knew for a fact that this player, Kovacic, was going to play extremely well with Hazard. And Hazard is kind of like this attacking mentality. And you even saw it with Liverpool, the goal that they had. You know, it was just Kovacic had this right down the middle through ball from the left hand, or right, he was placed in the middle, through ball on the left hand side to Hazard, and Hazard just places it on the bottom right. Just a perfect shot. Um, but more importantly, the pass was just on point, and the pass was actually more impressive than the goal, in my opinion. Um, but it's just the finishing abilities matched with the. Uh, uh, the passing abilities of Kovacic and if you just watch the game like for those for those who are kind of interested in Chelsea to get an understanding of who we're talking about I highly recommend that the next game that you watch or maybe even watch this game you already know the result of it but it was a hell of a game it was action-packed throughout um, but I highly recommend just watching that game and just watch Kovacic watch his movement on the field watch how he finds open spots within the field and how he pushes the ball up and just his in- intensity as well just on the defensive end some players are very like offensive minded where they don't really focus on the defensive end and the offenses or the defense is kind of lackluster you can tell he does he's very passionate about both he has a lot of good ball pressure on the front and then he also attacks very well and dictates how the ball is getting pursued to the forwards right so even within that, within Chelsea, uh, you have Morata, who's started the season. Now Giroud's starting. So Chelsea has a lot of question marks right now. But what you can't deny is that Kovacic and Hazard are just going to be a force to be reckoned with. And they only have a few games as them two starting together. Um, once they get more games under their belt and once these two players have an understanding of how well they play with one another or how well they're going to play with one another, it's going to be scary, in my opinion. And I think I think the sky's the limits for these two. I think Kovacic, he didn't play in Real, uh, at Real Madrid. He no, namely just came off of the bench most of the time as like garbage time and whatnot. But you could tell even at Real Madrid that this guy was incredibly talented. Like you definitely see a lot of characteristics of Luka Modric. Um, He might not have um, the flow that Modric has or the vision that Modric has, but it's something that you can see it, right? Like you can see that he has that potential, and he's starting. You're start. We're we're all starting to see that potential after a few games just now. So this is actually something that's not on one of the topics that we were going to talk about today. So I don't want you to spend a whole lot of time on it. But, you know, we're talking about the the Liverpool-Manchester City 
match that's coming up, mm-hmm. yep. um, which is something that we were actually going to talk about. But now that I look at it, you know, Liverpool is playing Napoli. Yep. In Champions League on Wednesday, so I guess so the, question, the game's in Italy too. The, my question to you is: How do you go and how do you prepare for a Champions League game, and then come back and play the top team in EPL? I mean, that's how, how just you pre- the, how do you prepare for that? Who are the people you're putting in, and what's your reasoning behind it? You know, I think it's just a matter of the manager assessing where his team is at. You know, who's injured, who's on the verge of being injured, who's feeling more sore than others and then allow that to dictate and it's also too it's like what's more important right could Chelsea or could Liverpool still go through to the knock to to the second round within EPL if they lose this game and then also how important is Liverpool versus City right so for me I say Liverpool versus City is a little like don't get me wrong both are very important right you can't just say like oh I can lose this game and then win the next one right um, both are very important because if you know Chelsea or if Liverpool ends up losing a few games, then they're knocked out of Champions League, right? Yeah, and that's yep. very important for them as well. Um, but the way that I look at it, I say Man City versus Liverpool is a little bit more important because every single point is going to count, and I can see it being, I can definitely see it being Liverpool City at the very end, and this game that they're going to play in a couple of days is going to be the deciding factor of who ends up winning the championship or not, who ends up winning the EPL or not. And keep in mind the EPL is structured differently than what we just talked about, the MLB. It's whoever's on top at the end of the season, that's your winner. Yep. Yep. So a little bit different. So, okay, I, I like the answer. So let's let's do that segue into Liverpool and Man City. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a, a preview. If you're a new fan, why should you watch this game? Why is this important? And, yeah, go from there. Well, number one, it's the two, right now, the two best teams in, in the EPL. And you can arguably say two of the best teams in the world, right? So that in itself is a hell of an answer, in my opinion. But you also have the drama of Sergio Aguero, the incredible striker for Argentina versus um, Mosala, who is a down right now a little bit, but you never know. He could have his breakout this uh, in this game. Against right? such a team like Man City. And such a team. Take a look at it. Both teams are very stacked. Both teams are very different as well. You know, like... Who has the edge where? You know, does uh, does Liverpool have the edge on the offensive end? You can make a case for both teams. You can make the case for uh, uh, the, the defense as well. Who has a better defense? And then even who has a better midfield? Who has a better defending midfield? And who has a better attacking midfield? So you can make the case for both. They're very well balanced out. I will say that... It, it, if you're telling me to like who would you give the slight to right here right now i'd probably give it to city even though city's been kind of up and down we talked about it earlier where we still city's going through a slump because they won it all last year so and they're still so stacked they're you know like city is definitely like a team that you don't want to have a city player in fantasy because one week he could be playing and next week he couldn't be playing because of how stacked city is right so for me, what I'm going to be watching is, number one, is the attacking for both teams. 
But what I'm also going to, well, the most important thing that I want to watch is the midfielders between uh, um, Bernardo Silva and David Silva versus uh, Keita or Henderson or Milner uh, or and Milner to see how these two, like who becomes more attacking and who becomes more defensive and when they dictate to push and when they dictate to push back, right? That to me, there's going to be this interesting chess match within it, right? And Klopp from here, from from when he came to Liverpool a couple of years ago to now, he has done a genius job uh, with Liverpool. So I believe in what he's doing. I can get on board with what he's doing um, Pep Guardiola, which is the, the city coach, I'm not a huge fan of his. I feel like he just always ends up at, at a club that always has, has the, the best players. has the best players. He's been at Bayern. He's been at Barcelona. He's yet to gone to a place uh, like Klopp did where he first started out at uh, Borussia Dortmund and he took them all the way to um, the, the uh, Champions League. Um, and then you, and then now he's doing this with Liverpool. Took Liverpool to the championship, Champions League final last year, and now they're a huge threat to actually win it all. Right. So I think Klopp is the better manager, but everything else you can make a case for him. I do think that Mo Salah needs to step up um, if they want to have a chance of winning. He actually has to play his well, best so, game. So what yet. types of things does Mo Salah have to do in order to step up? Number one, he needs to finish better. And secondly, he needs to um, get a better understanding of the flow of the game, right? Uh, against PSG, if you remember, he had a terrible pass, which led to PS- PSG actually tying it up, mm-hmm. right? So he needs he needs to do a lot of he needs to do better at uh, accuracy with his passing, um, especially as they're pushing forward, right? Because that could potentially lead to a counter for the other team, and that also leads to them blowing a chance. On their end, so he's not at top form right now as he sits right now, and he's just making a lot of mental and physical errors that he normally doesn't make. He's normally good at pushing the ball forward and connecting with Mane, um, and he's normally good at if you give him a slight bit of room, he's normally really good at closing or at shooting the ball in frame instead of far wide. So if you were to say what does he need to what what is he doing that's not uh what he's used to it's his connection his accuracy within his passing and his accuracy within shooting okay now to finish off the preview for liverpool and man city you say you have man city what's the score this is definitely so this is what makes this game so interesting number one you have two of the best teams in the world you have Whoever wins is going to be at the top of the table. And that could potentially be a – this game is so important because this gives the whoever wins so much momentum into potentially winning it all, right? Because you could definitely see it being these two teams at the end of the season. You do have Chelsea that has been – you know, creeping underneath the radar and just been killing it while they're trying to figure things out and figuring out what formulas work best for them with a new manager. But at the same time, it's still City versus Liverpool. So it's going to be interesting to see the winner of this could potentially lead us to who get a clear understanding of who the champion's going to be, even though it's still not 
a for sure thing. There's still a lot of games to be played. We have 38 games to play. We're going to be on match day eight, I believe. So for me, I think the score is going to be... Um, I mean, I really think Liverpool has a huge chance. I could see Liverpool winning it 2-1, but I could also see City winning it 2-1. But I think as far as... It's interesting because which city is going to show up? You know, is it the city that's that lost to Leon or is it the city that has just been destroying everyone, right? right? They're so stacked. Are, I think that this is a game that City's really looking forward to, to say like, hey, we're still the best. We're still number one. Um, and they're going to get up to play against Liverpool, you know, especially with the amount of talent that they have. So I'm going to go with City 2-1. Okay. I think... Uh, I think Bernardo Silva is going to score, and I think Aguero is going to put one in the net. And then I hope, I think either Mane or Salah are going to put one in the back of the net for uh, Liverpool. But I can see it going 2-1 the other way, 2-1 for Liverpool. Okay. What are your thoughts? Um, I see I see a draw coming out of this. I, feel, I, I see both teams being kind of disappointed by such. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting a point out of that is not necessarily worst case scenario. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're both going to be at the top still. So it's, it's really interesting to think, but I mean, if, if a draw happens and Chelsea wins, they're yeah, a three way tie, three way tie yep. at first place. Um, and then, you know, you can even take Tottenham if they, if they end up winning their match, you know, they're within two points, you know, they just have shrunk yeah. their deficit within half right now within first place. So, um, a lot's going on. I mean, Arsenal's there. Watford is still there. Um, yeah, they're I think, still relevant. I think it's it's going to be interesting, but I think I'm calling a draw for this one, 1-1. One, one. Now, again, to, to your point, if Chelsea wins, you know, let's not... The moral of the story of what we're trying to get across is, yes, Liverpool and City are stacked. They're very great. City is just beyond stacked. They basically have two teams. Um but let's not sleep on Chelsea. You know, I think Chelsea is starting to figure out how powerful they are. And just seeing the connection that Hazard and Kovacic have together as a unit is, it's going to be pretty scary, right? And then I think once they figure out what they're wanting to do with their forward situations with Giroud, I think I, think I could easily see Chelsea just sneaking behind everyone and ending up winning this thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, so let's talk about Tottenham. Fourth place team in the standings mm-hmm. right now. Um, again, this is probably just to make sure that we have some consistency here. Yep. This is one of this is my favorite team in the EPL. Um, they've had a little bit of a rough go. Again, they're still in fourth, so it's not like it's they're the whole program is in shambles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're coming off a win against Huddersfield, which Again, not necessarily something to write home about. It's yeah. uh, Huddersfield. They're last on the table. They have two points. Um, but Tottenham ended up winning 2-0 in this match. Um, I mean, I didn't have a chance to watch it, but from what I understand, Harry Kane, another set piece, header into the goal. Yep. and then, Right place, right time, as he always is. Which is, you know, again, yeah, you can always count on it. Yeah. And then uh, a PK that was pretty questionable yeah but at at the end of the day the call was made and you know you put harry kane your best your best person out there to to give you a chance to win the game so 
Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Tottenham has to offer, right? Like when you have Chelsea, Liverpool, and Man City, I mean, I as of right now, I don't see anything that they're doing is that's like really separating themselves from the rest of the pack exactly. um, to get to that point, to be on the same level from them. Do I think they have the, the talent to do so? Absolutely. Yep. But again, Tottenham just so far has not shown that. Yep. Um, and again, they have, they have Cardiff city this weekend, which is a pretty easy game. I mean, they're behind Huddersfield just right there. So, I mean, another point, opportunity to get three points and really you know start to get everything firing on all cylinders and Mm -hmm. you know this is a game where i hope tottenham really comes out and does that um and i don't know that they necessarily have a a super huge match within epl at least until they play man city in a few weeks at the end of the month so um i think it's going to be interesting everyone keep up with tottenham hotspur go spurs it's we'll we'll see what they can do well, let's take a look at their last four games. So, match match day one of Champions League, they lost to Inter Milan 2-1. Uh, Which really came down to Tottenham just not holding their ground mm-hmm. on the defensive front. You know, they yeah. let Inter just push, push, push. And it was only a matter of time until Inter was going to score. And they literally did it back-to-back within, like, yep. two minutes. Um, they, but, moving on from that, I mean... Brighton, they you know, they beat him, but it wasn't like a commanding mm-hmm. win. You know what I mean? Um, and then Watford, um, this is something where, I mean, they ended up tying. Watford was really, I don't know. I feel like a Watford win in my opinion. You know, Troy Deeney had a great game, um, and no one really showed up for Tottenham. I didn't think. And then you have uh, the last win against uh, this week after, with uh, Huddersfield. It was definitely more of it felt. It didn't really feel like a 2-0 victory. Like, Huddersfield definitely had their opportunities. I think Tottenham's got some issues in the back end. Um, They're not as organized as they once were. You know, they've definitely been known to be, like, this very well-balanced team where you have someone like Harry Kane, you know, arguably one of the best strikers in the world. Um, And then you have pair him up with a very solid defense. So they've always been balanced. But... Tottenham's never been the type of team that's like, we're always waiting to see them make that next step. They're always like right there, right? They're always top four, maybe top five, um, but closer to the bottom. Like I'm always waiting year to year, make, having them make that jump to be one or two, right? And I was, hope, I was thinking that maybe this year, and again, the year, the, the season is young, um, I was hoping that this year was going to be that year. And we have to keep in mind, too, Harry Kane is statistically known to starting off very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only going to pick it up, and he's only going to get better from here on out. But I do think that there's a lot of things that Tottenham's doing well, but there's a lot of things that they're doing wrong. Um, I think the exposure that they have on defense is something that they need to solve and they need to figure out quicker than uh sooner than later um but i do think they're going to be fine i think they're going to creep up into that four spot and i think they're going to stay consistent within that um i hope just for the sake of having this interesting matchup between four teams i'm interested to see tottenham potentially this year making that jump and actually showing us you know 
showing us that next level that we've always been hoping that Tottenham could have. You know, they've always been that team that's like, they're right there, right? They're just, we're just waiting for them to take that next step, and they never take that next step. So hopefully it's going to be this year. I think Tottenham's going to be a team to, to watch. A uh, couple weeks, they have um, they have City on the ballot. They have a pretty good schedule coming up. Cardiff, West Ham, all winnable games. Wolves, um, City is the only question mark within that. But you could see them win that, right? You never know which type of City you're going to get, especially early in the season. I think as the season goes on, City's going to start taking it more seriously. But Tottenham's definitely the team that you could see them make that next step we're just curious to see if they have the ability to do it or not. So stay tuned. On stay Tom. tuned. One thing that I want to touch on, and this is a very exciting topic for us, this has nothing to do with the actual sports or anything like that, is we're on iTunes now, everyone. We made it. I mean, I don't know if that's like a hard feat to do, but you know, I've had other podcasts and that never happened. So yeah, whatever. one other podcast, T- that one doesn't count. That's a terrible podcast. <laughs> It was a shitty podcast. Yeah, it was terrible. It wasn't that shitty. Shout out to Ryan Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> so we're pretty hyped about it. Again, you can find us on Google Podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. There's a few others that are out there. Um, but most importantly, uh, visit us on Anchor. Anchor is actually a newer platform that allows people to ask us questions like you've heard on previous episodes. And I think it's really important that we hear those questions from you guys because that provides, again, a lot of insight into the sports that you watch and gives us more validity on why we need to watch those and learn from you know what other people mm-hmm. enjoy. So um, please, 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 if you can go on to iTunes and give us you know, give us five stars, give us a review and do that anywhere else that is possible. I'm not sure how all of these platforms work, but if, if you have the chance to give us a review or a rating, please do so. Unless your name is Ryan Rivera, we do not want your reviews. And also, we're also on the Insta. We are on Instagram. What's our Instagram? Uh, right now it is, let's take a look guys. Uh, the underscore sports project just type in the sports project you'll find it either way Uh, but this is going to give you very good insight to uh, you know what we're talking about right now Uh, you know the the most previous or the most uh, up-to-date post is about Tiger Woods and that episode that we talked about him winning the the tour championship and then you have a link to our anchor Uh, and then Feel free to ask questions through our social platforms. I'm, I'm, the only one that we're really using is Instagram, but hit us up if you got questions. Shoot us a message through there. You know, if you have some concerns or you know anything like that, hit us up on Instagram. We'll always carry those throughout um, our shows as well. Okay, Peter. Any last words? Just keep it real. Keep it keep real. It, keep it real, homies. Mm-hmm.